Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Happy New Year, Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Happy New Queer. Happy New Fear. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Who knows what horrors will await us in 2024? This, an election year. Yes, yes. We know that Trump's going to get elected again. So I guess we know what beast slouches towards Bethlehem. What beast? (laughs) Oh, not the slouching toward Bethlehem. Yeah. What's a poem? And a Joan Didion reference. So that's like multi-level. See, I'm very smart, Joe. True. (laughs) Ah, welcome, welcome to a new episode of Fright School. We are back. We've had some concerns, some issues, some our maintenance team has failed us over the last month or so. Yes. It's not just that. I'm kidding. I'm not, bla- I'm not blaming our wonderful technical staff. We are the deans of Fright School University, <laughs> and we just we had wow. we, we just had technical issues. You so. really did that. You were about to blame the laborers. Right. Like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is we're all the things. We're the janitors and the yes. faculty and the research uh, team. And we're all the things. We're like real teachers. Yeah. We're everything. Exactly. We're the babysitter. Yep. We're the extra mom. Yep. And we, yeah, we just had some real troubles here at the end of 2023, but, uh, or there at the end of 2023, of course, because today is January 1st, 2024, of course. Of course. So excuse me for my uh, mistake. Yeah, Anyways, we are back. Thank you for your patience holding out. We hope that you had a lovely holiday season and nothing but good things await you in the new year. That's what we hope. That's what we want creepy or good things hiding under your beds and in your closets (laughs) anyway so we are looking back this is becoming a tradition an annual tradition where we do a little fright school year in review and we're gonna talk about just some of our favorite moments over the last over 2023 movies we enjoyed television we enjoyed episodes of things that we enjoyed things in our own personal lives that went well that we enjoyed scrape the bottom of a barrel to to figure out <laughs> but yeah that's what it's all about but first joe how are you doing you doing okay yeah i'm doing all right my allergies are all messed up yeah but that's because we live in southern california mm-hmm. where allergies live right <laughs> <laughs> well we had like a ton of like random rain and all kinds of things just suddenly happen at the end of the year santa anna wins everything is just in bloom and Looking for you, Joe. It's like yeah. the happening. Yeah, they're happening. It's happening you're Mark, to me. You're Mark Wahlberg. Oh, no. The, <laughs> not that. Not Mark Wahlberg. But yes, it's happening to me, and that is what's happening. Good. Yeah. How about you? You survived another semester? I did, yes. That was one of the toughest semesters, and now we're looking at... Uh, this next semester coming up is also going to be really tough, I think. That's about the same workload as last semester. But the summer will come. And that will be a fairly easy-ish. Yeah, I don't know if there's such a thing as an easy master's semester, but they, but it's they, you know, on a spectrum. Yeah. So, yeah. 
the summer will come that's a very it sounds like something that you would say at a folk horror like it's <laughs> say to the children to comfort them yes. as you know in the middle of the night it's yeah. like the summer will come yeah exactly yep that's kind of i mean it's sort of what i'm in which i will have to get a job and i'm probably going to most likely end up in like county mental health where i'll be sacrificed uh to the horrors of that bureaucracy for a few years yeah. while mm-hmm. i figure out what the hell i'm doing therapisting wise yeah <laughs> but all you know for the most part things are going well so there Good. we go all right we are gonna yeah just spend the next uh hour or so with you cuddled up here inside your earballs. hopefully our our voices uh the dulcet tones of our voices are still something you enjoy listening to yeah hopefully <laughs> and uh, yeah we're just going to talk about some of our so, some stuff we're, what what should we start with joe should we start with like our favorite moments on the show does that make us- uh, let's do that and then we'll get into others. and then we'll get it because i have things because we both created separate lists of yeah things. i'm curious to see where we intersect okay. we might not intersect at all because our tastes our can people. be very different sometimes yes. with what we think are the best and worst moments of the year or the best and worst of anything really but okay so who should start? Um, I'll let you start. You okay. start. You want the last word. That's why. <laughs> okay. See, mine, mine is kind of. Yours. Order. Not really, but that's okay. Then I could put mine in an order right now, though. Okay. So one of my favorite episodes, mainly because it was also just a like weird and wild movie, was when we did Titan with my friend ben oh that's on my list too look at that right off the bat we're talking bodies above gender we had we were really trying to have a like a nuanced conversation about that but also just like that movie has stuck with me it's so wild and one of my like most played songs of 2020 is the song that the first song that she dances to on top of the car oh wow doing it to death yeah it's just such a oh oh, we're doing it to death and she literally yeah she gets she does it with that car until she dies when she gives birth to the car baby this is yeah yeah that it's that was a wild film and that was one of my favorite moments of the year as well the conversation was really good really interesting we talked about what was it like greek gods and mythology like i, I way overcomplicated it yeah. and you and ben really held solid to uh, to the film itself yeah <laughs> yeah that was a really great great moment awesome so we matched on one look at that right off the bat we matched i can't okay. believe that i because it wasn't just for me it wasn't just I didn't really, I realized I didn't really focus on episodes per se. It was just like moments in the show over this year. So I love that we kicked off with that Nightmare on Elm Street deep dive and we did a bunch of the Elm Street sequels. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite franchises. It always gives me happiness to watch it. Brings up good memories of my mom and like family moments. So it's a really nice way to start the year. Just doing this just getting into the nightmares of it all. And it was fun to show you some of the other sequels and things that are, you know, especially like Dream Warriors, which is one of my favorite sequels, and New Nightmare. It was, that was really fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I did too. It was not on my list though. That's okay. But I did enjoy it. Another one, and I had to put this on here because of just how much I loved it. And it was something that I think might be unexpected for listeners of this show, but I really liked our Gaslight episode. And I loved Gaslight as a film. And it's true a bit that I don't really care for the older films that we do. I'm ageist in that way. But it was nice to 
watch a film and I was like, one, watch a film that like ha- is the origin of a very overused, some would say, term now that describes a very specific thing. But it was also just like it, it all made sense and it all worked to me. So, yeah, Gaslight. Yeah. But I love that you bring that up because the next thing on my list was we had some titles this year. Uh, and so I had the ti- I, so I had the title of that episode on here, which was DJ Psycho Dandy and MC Diggy Biscuits, <laughs> which I just thought was freaking hilarious. So I'm like, I had to bring that back up because it just still makes me laugh. So we had that as an episode title. We had Frogman Joe and the Gigs. Yes. <laughs> There's some real inside jokes in, in some of the in yes. some of the titles this year where it's wait what on earth are they talking about? Those were really good. What was that? another? Let me see here. Alfred and Grand Moff Tarkin. I, that's just ridiculousness. My two that I would add to those would be it was like catwoman han solo someone else and dexter's dad for what lies beneath yeah something like that where was that but my favorite one of this year was from sansaru which is a knock get out yes yeah so that was one of the big ones for me it was like just some of the insane titles and yeah we have to figure out a way to resurrect dj psycho dandy and mc diggy biscuits who's who again which one are which one are you which one am i i thought you were diggy biscuits i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. I could also work as a psycho dandy, yeah, but you would do, have better fashion. Way. Yeah, we could trade either way. <laughs> so yeah, we just yeah, there was some wild ones. So you like the episode Gaslight, which I did also enjoy. I'm glad that we watched that and that conversation was really good. But the title of that episode is just stupid. <laughs> I enjoy it. Okay, my next one is is. I really loved, just because she was also just a really perfect guest, but Mistress Maven of the Eventide for the like deepest dive possible into 1994 Interview with a Vampire. Yeah was just like it was just and also listener like you didn't get any of the after conversation but there was a lot of fun stuff that we did after that we had the whole conversation after that was also really great like i love her so much and it it was almost like she was there on set right she knew all the stories and this is this is the kind of expert level shit that i want from a guest especially yeah. not to say that our we haven't had great guests no yeah but like I, but that's the kind of oh awesome conversations with people but yeah, yeah i i adore her that was our shares uh vampire song uh another bizarre title that you just have to listen to the episode to understand what the fuck we're talking about uh but yeah that she was definitely she was a great guest and, and to that end i also really love that sam irvin came on and we talked about hammer horror that was totally such a good time yeah yeah i yeah this year all the guests that came on and all the people that we had great conversations with it was just it was such a good year for that and i put that whole segment there too like the gay vampires and the hammer horror both of those doing our kind of pride season god loves fangs <laughs> uh and then doing the deep dive into kind of hammer horror for uh, Halloween, the Halloween time was just great. I just enjoyed that so much because it was also fun for me. It was educational. Like sometimes on the show, it's like we're talking about things that either I already know and we're having kind of a conversation about it, but that it was fun for me to learn about yeah. the hammer side of things because yeah. I just didn't even realize how influential it's like I had an idea of it out there, 
because I have enough knowledge of it, but not to really see how influential those films have been. I also really enjoyed our Stranger by the Lake conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That movie was, eh, I'm still here or there on it. it it's such a French film, just yeah. the French of it all. But it was a, it was a really cool conversation and a really interesting analysis of queer culture and something that's, I don't know, we're still seeing a lot of shift and change is in our culture and kind of what what that film is speaking to might be a little lost over the next 20, 30 years. We may not even see that kind of... Well, I saw... I, I read a, like, uh, I think it was Out Magazine or the Them uh, newsletter, but it was like, if you movies with outrageous sex scenes if you like Saltburn. <laughs> and Stranger by the Lake uh, was on. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. That's That tracks. But yeah. again, it's one of those things where it's, oh, you thought Saltburn was like outrageous? We've actually, here are some other films that are like much older that also had outrage because it had like that short bus, like all these things. I'm like, yeah, this is, we've already been new, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... That's that's kind of covers what I wanted to talk about on the show. There was so much that sure. we did, but that's the stuff that kind of immediately came to mind. I got have. two more. Yeah. I loved going to the movies with Amber St. James yes. to watch The Blackening. Yeah, I have that when we get to talking about some of our favorite films of the year. That's on my list, but we can talk. Okay. Yes, The Blackening episode was The fun. Blackening was really great. Amber is delightful. I know. I was like, oh, we need to get her back on. We need to get... Amber, and then hopefully in the new coming year, we'll get uh, Lux the Drag Queen, Amber's yeah. sister in the House of St. James. And then my number one this year was our AAPI Heritage Month, like yeah. when I took over. Yeah. And just the, it turned into a task to find Asian Americans specifically horror, which is a lesson in it all. It is wow, that this is a genre that really. Yeah, needs. There's so much out there. Why isn't there more? Exactly. And I didn't get a chance to watch these films specifically, but in San Diego, we have the Asian American Film Festival here in November. And one of my friends was telling me that there were a few horror films specifically that they wanted to see. One that was, I don't remember the name, but the description of it was like, it was basically Sansaru. Mm. Like it was Filipina nurse takes care of white family hilarity ensues right and i'm like okay this is basically sansaru but i wanted to i i didn't get a chance to see it and i want to see it because i want to make those comparisons too yeah well we'll have to put that find out what it was and put that on the list sure and sorry i misspoke my what i meant to say was there are so many mythologies lore all of that within the, all the various cultures that make up what we wrap up into that those letters but there should be so much more horror because there's so much out there yeah. in the culture and in those references that it's yeah why aren't more people taking advantage and we can sit here and we know why but yeah <laughs> there needs to be more agree all right. Yeah. So overall, it was like a super fun year in, in on the show. So now we're going to look at... All right. So now let's chat about what were some of our favorite horror films of 2023? Either things that we covered or we didn't. Maybe we'll cover in the new year. We talked about The Blackening, which was still... Yep. I know it's like... This was the year for horror comedy, in my opinion. In a way. A lot of the things on my list are more comedy than horror shocking surprisingly wow maybe. okay 
but the blackening definitely was one of them. Mm-hmm. Super fun. I've watched it a couple times since because it's just. I don't have the blackening on my list, but I do have. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Mm. Megan at the beginning of the year. Yep. See you like, again. Horror comedy. Horror brilliant. comedy. Yep. Like it was queer. Like it was queer and it was gay, but there was no explicit gayness or queerness in it. Right. Which is just, and the fact that it just blew up in the community, it was like the first real meme of yep. the year. Yep. Was also really fascinating too. So, Megan, our conversation with Sam about it, just, I'm looking forward to continuing the Megan franchise. And I recently rewatched it. I watched the unrated version and wow, just, yeah, I can't believe that it came out only at the beginning of a year ago, like in January of 23. And it sustained itself the whole year. Yeah. No, that it was so fun. And it wasn't like, because I went in, I think we talked about this on the episode of, do we really need another Chucky kind of thing? Is yep. that what this is going to be like? Annabelle, Chucky, killer doll thing. And it they really were able to do something different that not only was funny, but had some definitely some really creepy moments, but it also had some real poignancy in like childhood trauma and grief and the loss of a parent. And so it just hit a lot of buttons for me that made me, yeah, very happy. It had a therapist and a cardigan. It did. Yeah. Because how would you know? A very appropriate cardigan. Yeah. For one of those. Speaking exactly. of the doll thing, this is just a quick tangent. The yeah. the drag house on Guam, the House of Diosa, they did a Halloween show where every girl was a different horror toy. There was Megan. They had Megan. They had Chucky. They had Jigsaw or Billy, right? Billy the puppet. Billy the puppet. Uh And they also had somebody as the red light, green light, squid game (laughs) girl. Oh, So they did a whole thing of just like that, which I thought was like so spot on and fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would have been fun. Oh man. I wonder if I will send, I think there is, I sent it to you. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'd like to see that. Uh, so let's see along with, uh, so the other horror comedies that I enjoyed, which I mean, I don't know, maybe this isn't exactly, um, horror, but, uh, cocaine bear was a blast. Oh my God. Was that just this year too? Yeah. Oh yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Let's see. Renfield. I ended up liking a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. That's also in that kind of horror comedy vibe. Five Nights at Freddy's was cute. I enjoyed watching it. Sure. I'd like to see them do some more on of those movies. It also got me to watch, what is it, Willie's Wonderland or something? Or Wally's Wonderland? Something with Nick Cage in it that I also really enjoyed. Sure. Almost more, actually, than Freddy's. But that's something we should stick a pin in. Maybe we should talk about, do something on those movies, that kind of thing. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Okay. Okay, and then so horror-wise, Talk to Me. That was a lot of fun. That's on my list, too. Oh, there we go. Look at that. See, we're getting a few. Well, it was also like watching horror on the island, like in yeah. the middle. And the experience of seeing it in the theater and being the literally the only person in a matinee of it. And then seeing it a couple weeks later with a friend of mine that I was visiting in Seattle. Yeah. And... I'm the person where it's if I had a really significant reaction after the first time, I will always think it's it will cloud how I think about it. And so when he watched it, he was like, I know exactly where we were going like 15 minutes in. So he wasn't as enthralled because he knew it it spoiled him a little bit. Okay, but it was so good to me. And I just can't wait for them to go further into the world. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I'm definitely looking forward to to the sequel to that. It was a lot of fun. I also enjoyed. I don't know. It wasn't like a great film by any means, but it was a lot of fun to see in the theater. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Okay. So the Dracula story that they told earlier this year that's based on a chapter, The Voyage of the Demeter. Actually, <laughs> what is that called? I can't remember what the actual chapter's name is called. But anyways, it's only a few pages long, and they made like a whole film out of it that I really enjoyed. It was like Alien, and I thought it was fun. So I know it wasn't like critically acclaimed, but that's not sure. what this is about. I'm just talking about the things that I had fun at. Joe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I was glad to see Saw come back. Um, Saw X is on mine. Yeah, Saw X. That was fun. And I enjoyed the new Scream movie, too. So, I mean... And the new Scream is on mine as well. One that's not on yours that I actually really was very... It stuck with me for a little bit. I had dreams about it. Leave the World Behind. Oh, yeah. The Netflix that just came out a few weeks ago. Yeah, just came out. It's produced by the Obamas. It is very, to me, it's very plausible that it could happen. In the same way that there are things that are out there that could happen, this is very much how a apocalyptic event could happen. And I think that's what got me. Kind of sat with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I need to finish it. I, it's three hours long or something, isn't it? It's like it's two and a half. Two yeah. and a half, whatever. Might as well be three hours. It's just too long. But I watched a big significant chunk of it, but I need to finish it. I fell asleep. Yeah. Not because it was boring, but just because of the time I started it. It was like a lazy kind of day. Sure. (laughs) Let's both just breathe into the microphones. All right. That's like for the movies that I had that I could think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there are more there again. Like we're so blessed by all the horror that's like coming out. I've enjoyed some of the cute stuff, like the Haunted Mansion movie that came out with Disney this year. I thought was, I really enjoyed that. Sam Squanch and I went to the theaters to see it and that was really cute. No one will save you that like alien invasion. Yeah, that was a lot of the fun. one in silence. Yeah, that was a really yeah, that was odd. And but I enjoyed it overall. And then there was some television that I really enjoyed the fall of the House of Usher. That was great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that series a lot. I can't wait to watch it again, especially now that I know the whole story. It'll be fun just to see it. You'd watch it again. Yeah. The Last of Us. That was a lot of fun. Also made me cry. It had some really beautiful episodes, especially yeah. the one with Nick Offerman and whatever. Murray Bartlett. Yeah, the other guy. Swarm. That was fun as well. Right now we're watching Murder at the End of the World, which I am enjoying. It's from the creators of the OA. And we started that Daryl Dixon show. We watched a couple episodes of it. Uh, we haven't finished it yet, but I was enjoying what I was. Again, it is set in France, so the French of it all made me happy. Of course. For TV, I had to put up there. I did get the fall of the House of Usher. It had one of my favorite kills of the year. Which one? Perry Usher, the very first one. Just because of how awful (laughs) it is. It's also not, to me, not proportionate to how shitty he was as a person. You know what I mean? Like, usually there's, it's not, usually there's some proportionality, right? And I think that he got the raw end of the stick in many ways compared to his siblings who were some of them infinitely more horrifying than he was. 
Yeah. But just because he was like a hedonistic little shit, yeah, that he ended that way. That, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was gruesome and uh, thoroughly enjoyable. To do a little shout out to Black Mirror season six, mm. had I think my favorite episode would be Beyond the Sea, which is I think the third episode in the series, and it is the one that takes place in space with Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett. Yeah, it also it started to do a little bit of a pivot from horror that's about commentary on technology and media to just being like straight up horror yeah. in this particular season. I'll be curious to see if and when they go there for ne- for another season. A U season four was also out, uh, which again, U is that show that I... If you already watch it, that's great. I'm never encouraging people to watch it, but I thought that they did a lot of interesting things with memory and with memory and with consciousness and reality that I thought was really cool. And then this one's kind of a sad one just because of recent news, but what we do in the shadows, because the next season's going to be the last season. So what we do in the shadows season five, it'll be nice to see how they wrap everything up. And especially given how we've addressed Guillermo becoming a vampire and then how that all got erased to see how it would end, what, how they're going to wrap it up. I love when shows like know they're going to get an end yeah. because then they can plan it, you know, so hopefully as they're writing it, they'll be able to, you know, really do what they want to do rather than getting yeah. canceled. And then whatever you did is it. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this see this this past season was really a lot of fun, just how they played with it. And they really messed with us. <laughs> they really did. Yeah, I'm curious how, how they'll wrap it up. All right, so now, just random, I'm going to say that this year finally saw the release of our friend, uh, Dr. Horror uh, Dyke, Heather Petrocelli's book, uh, Queer for Fear, Horror and the Queer Spectator, was finally released, so congrats to her. I just want to say that. I'm glad that book is out there and people can read it. It's very fun. I I enjoy what I have read of it so far. Yes, that's my number one moment of... Uh, queer horror moment i should say um my number one for this year is heather finally getting their book released and hopefully we'll have them on soon we will have them on soon we'll just more to come more will to be revealed yes that 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 will be very fun and you know there's um a night there's there's nice mentions in the books so. yes we're indexed <laughs> fright schools indexed in it <laughs> achieve so yeah. even after we die yeah. <laughs> um a couple things on so this is like queer horror moments right so okay. some of the things that i thought were fun queer horror moments were from movies we've already talked about so megan singing titanium yeah just the most what gay wrote this <laughs> what gay wrote this particular thing the non-binary representation in talk to me which is like the one of the classmates who has the hand to begin with like being and the post that later came out about this performer talking about the accepting of their non-binary identity and just uh, very cool and then back to the fall of the house of usher the casual queerness of like more than half about half of the usher siblings right i think yes. they're all the bastards too i think all the bastards had some queerness because you had perry who like basically sleeps in an orgy every night and this cuddle puddle camille who is fucking both of her assistants 
potentially against their will. Victorine, who cut out the heart of her partner. Yeah. And then Napoleon, who is cheating on his very attractive boyfriend with some other, with like other random girls was just like, oh, okay, love all of this that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. And it was kind of an interesting twist because we've so often seen like the husband or the boyfriend stepping out on his wife or his girlfriend with a man. And this that was really a nice twist that he had this boyfriend and was like seeing women or, or doing, it was just very, yeah, it was just fun. Yeah, so, just a different storyline. Yeah, a different take on it that's yeah. true to the character, but yeah. still very still can be surprising to us. Yeah. But my number one moment, I get second to Heather's book coming out. Yeah, sorry. Is, I, I stole um, your thunder. That long, long time. That episode, the season, the third episode of the most recent season of Last of Us. Oh, yeah, the first yeah, season. Where, you know, just the whole, I rewatched it the other day because I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it made me, like, literally, like, I cried on the couch because it was just, it was very beautiful. It also, again, I think I said this back when it first aired on the show, but even though we're not, like, handy, it I, for some reason, I really identified with the characters, and I really saw myself in the Sam Squanch in them, in a way, because they were just, like, older. Neither of them are, like, they're cute men, but they weren't, like, young, twink. We're just so used to a certain kind of Sure. gay beauty on screen and yeah. this was a different side of that a different kind of man uh t- type of queer man that we don't see that often especially the character that nick offerman plays you don't yeah. really see gay men like that on television sure that often so it's just really beautiful and and just overall that that whole series was a d- fucking delight yeah it was also like it, it's up there that episode specifically is up there with the People who draw such a hard line at horror are missing this kind of beauty. Right. They're missing the, I will always say they're missing the beautiful nuance of Midnight Mass. And they're missing this whole, it was an entire movie where we didn't see one. No, we only saw one of the infected in the very early part of the, of that episode. But the rest of the time, it's just telling that story. And also just gives hope for the perpetually single, right? That the world is going to end, but that's also could be when your life could begin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So there's hope for us. Yeah, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope for me. You can survive 100% of your worst days. Oh, is that... Ther- and still find love. Is that a therapy thing? I do just- use that. In yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially for some of my really traumatized clients. Can I- it's a good reminder. Like, I don't know if I'm going to keep... Here. I don't know if I'm going to keep this part in, but I'm going to tell you that recently I was like feeling really down. I just, I think like there, there was a moment leading up to Christmas where like seasonal affective disorder was really hitting. Mm. And I like, for the first time, I was like in my car by myself and I was just driving around aimlessly and I said out loud I said I'm feeling sad right now but it's not always gonna be like this that's right and so but I want to I was like I sat with this I'm sad right now but it's not always gonna be like this and that and saying it out loud really helped yeah it does yeah yeah and just sometimes sitting in it we call that distress tolerance like sometimes you have to just be able to sit like it's okay to be sad and it's okay to not want to change the the feeling. It's okay to just sit with it for a moment, acknowledge that that's how you're feeling, and then decide when you want to move on or distract from it or acknowledge. Yeah. I love that. So with that, let's talk about then our highlights of the year, just personally, just good stuff. I'm sorry, unless you had... I have one more. Okay, go ahead. Um, so this one is... 
um, the movies I didn't get to, but I really want to soon from this year that for whatever reason it have I have blocks on the first one, which is the most recent film on the list is Godzilla minus one. Yeah. I really want to see it. I see that too. I would love to see it in a theater. Cause I think that what I've, the trailer that I've seen and what everyone's saying is that it needs to be seen on a big screen. Yeah. Want to see if I can get to it before it gets out of theaters. Bo is afraid. Yeah. Which again, Ari Aster, right? Mm, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Ari Aster, but it's three hours long and, I was like, okay, I don't know about this. It also came out around my birthday. So I was like, "Ah, I'm not really feeling. Yeah. Too uh, much going on. A little too much going on. Evil Dead Rise. Just because I heard it just looks fucked up. And I want to experience that. Speaking of fucked up, Infinity Pool. Which I don't know. I think that one is in the camp of, I don't know if I'm brave enough yet. Mm -hmm. Given everything I have seen, I still, there are still movies where I'm like, I don't know if I'm brave enough for this, which is also bringing me to the last one. And mainly I put this on the list because you've seen it, but I, and because of what you said about it, I don't know if I could handle it is Skinamarink. Oh, (laughs) I don't know. That's another moment in the year that's, I, I, didn't love the film like I wanted to. I still feel it could use some editing. It, it Maybe it just needed to be like a 30-minute film or an hour or something to really capitalize on it. But it sat with me. I woke up like every night for a week just because it tapped into some psyche, some piece of me in a way that like I didn't understand consciously, just mm-hmm. hit subconsciously. They just did. They captured something really interesting in that film. Yeah, I don't know. I did not make a list like that because it'd be way too long because there was a million films that I did not get to yet. Just with school and everything, it's like it's enough to just watch the movies that we need for for this show. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so all of some of the ones you mentioned, definitely. Yeah. I'm sad I didn't see Thanksgiving yet. So Same. Probably save that for next Thanksgiving. Uh, at yeah. least we have a film. We know what we're, we're, one of the films we'll watch in November of 2024. But yeah, I yeah I can't even start with a list like that because I, it, I missed a lot. There's a hu- It's huge. So we'll just be playing catch up. It's fine. So then, yeah, I just wanted to take a few moments. So what I, I want to do is take a couple of moments to just hit on some things that we enjoyed this year in our personal lives, and then maybe some things that we're looking forward to in 20 horror coming out or whatnot. Cool. Okay. The biggest thing that happened to me this year was that I went home. I went back to Guam yes. for two, three weeks, and it was a lot of fun. It was so great to sit, spend time with family. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about what... I've been thinking a lot about what it would mean to be in a relationship because like most of my cousins are not single, right? They're all partnered. They all have kids some way, shape or form. They have like families of their own. And so it was interesting to see Uh that's the true horror. (laughs) And so it was interesting to see how everyone like is how everyone meshes with the family. And so thinking about that got me like really into my feelings and, very introspective to think about okay if i if and when i do find a forever partner yeah or a for now partner incorporating them into my family is going to mean something very specifically and it's something that i want to happen yeah but it's something that they also have to be ready for as well too so that was probably the top of my list is all of the things that happen when you go back to your hometown but just being there was also nice too 
Yeah, and it looked like a great visit in the videos that you showed us while you were that you took while you were there. It was so fun just to see yeah see you with your family. I can't, I really I can't wait for one day to bring you and like other people there just to experience it because and again like it could it's it'll be a place that you may never go back to again right so it'd be nice to like see it through the eyes of people who had never been there before i am looking forward to that happening one day that's not an if that is a win yeah we'll figure that out maybe we can we'll figure that out we don't need to figure we don't need to make we don't need plans to on, okay on dirt right now <laughs> we don't need to produce our lives right <laughs> during this show I had a lot of big moments this year, obviously, with my program and just everything like that, starting practicum and starting to see clients. It was a very transformative year in that way. But of course, April and May were awesome. April, I was in Poland doing that very intense study abroad, looking at the Holocaust and trauma in the community setting. And it was just, that was life-changing. And then, of course, got back and <laughs> just uh, whatever week or two later was in Romania with Elvira, which will go down as one of the highlights of my life sure, <laughs> when yeah, I get to yeah, the yeah. end of it. You know, that was just being in Romania, this kind of birthplace of the vampire, like Dracula and all of that kind of stuff already is enough. And then on top of it, getting to meet all the incredible people I got to meet. Uh, and then, yeah, spending the time with uh, Cassandra Peterson was fucking cool. That was definitely... I wish I could go back and do that again because <laughs> it was pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the big yeah. moments. And I had a great time having Ashley over watching the Eurovision Song Contest finals while you were in Romania. <laughs> yes. I always appreciate that you are willing to watch the gremlins and yeah. take care of the house. Uh, yes. 2023 will go down in, in the books or whatever as a very interesting and delightful year in my life. In the annals of history. Yes, exactly. All right. So looking forward to 2024, what are some things we're, we can't wait for? I am very excited about, I guess it's it's television, True Detective, Night Country yeah. with the little Jodie Foster. I'm very excited that's coming back. That's like out in just a week or two. Yeah, I've been looking forward to that for so long, and I they kept delaying it and pushing it back, and now it's like finally got a release date. It's finally coming out, so I can't wait for that. Is like top of my list. I very much look forward to the Nosferatu remake that Robert Eggers is making with mm -hmm. Bill Skarsgård. That's on my list. Saw Eleven. We'll see if this, the Scream situation gets its shit together, but I don't know if that's going to see the light of day this year, maybe in 2025. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I still have very mixed feelings about it, but Beetlejuice 2 is supposed to come out later this year. I, I keep saying the same thing. I'm unconvinced we needed a sequel, the, the original. It's such a perfect film. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing Delia again i do have to say Catherine o'hara that's i'm probably most excited that like her character is going to be back because i'm just like yeah where is what is that woman doing now <laughs> when you watch beetlejuice and you yeah. think where is she in 40 years <laughs> or 30 years or whatever it is so those are the things that i'm looking forward to alien romulus i'm curious about as well yeah, that's on on the horror field of what I know is like on the horizon. The remake of The Crow as well with Bill Skarsgård and FK Twigs. A Twigs. Curious to see how that comes out. Again, not sure we needed it, but I'm sure. going to I'm going to watch it. We're also going to get a Strangers prequel, I believe. So that's exciting. 
Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at on what I'm looking forward to that I know about right now that's coming. Sure. Um, so for me, I'm really looking. F- um, I'm looking forward to finally watching the the Zendaya Mike Feist uh, Luca Guagadino um, tennis movie Challengers. Mm-hmm. Um, they is that horror? It is not horror. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's just horrifying, okay. but it's not. It's yeah, real life sports horror. ball. Yeah, you know. a sports ball. But it's State also like it's terrorism. being it, it was delayed because of the strike because right. they wanted everyone to do press around it, I'm yeah. assuming. And so it'll be just nice to see that finally regarding horror. I don't know if this is technically horror, but I'm really looking forward to the Joker. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would call it horror necessarily, but it's it could fall under psychological terror. Maybe yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't look up any other movie. I was just looking at the horror list. <laughs> See, and that's the thing is that like I think that's yeah, kind like of the straight all, horror, quote unquote. Uh, that's those are the things that are immediately that I'm looking forward to. Mean Girls. I don't really know of any like other horror okay. for next year that I've identified. Well, that's good. Then that means I can still continue just guiding things yes. towards the me. invisible hand that guides me. <laughs> yes, Adam. <laughs> whatever the hell the name is the economist whatever smith i don't know adam smith there we go yay the wealth of (laughs) nations adam smith yeah so that is yeah 2024 is so far is looking like it's gonna be interesting not yet sure if it's gonna be as good as the, the films that came out this year that i or last year that i really enjoyed in 2023 but it remains to be seen yeah will childhoods be ruined Oh, with Beetlejuice? Will incels be made upset? That's, is the sky blue? (laughs) Is the grass green? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Will they pay Nev Campbell enough money to get her to come back to save the Scream franchise? Oh my gosh, exactly. Exactly. All right, my favorite thing about 2023 is, yes, besides (laughs) that, is that I got to spend it doing another year of Fright School with you. Oh. Yeah. No, seriously. And thank you, dear listeners, as always, so much for all of your support, for listening to this, subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Fright School, following us on all, on all the things at Fright School, uh, just everything, sharing, sending us messages, all the lovely things. You are, you're all wonderful, and we appreciate it. And shout out to Geekscape Network and all the people there. Yeah, we're a escape yeah. situation. Wild, wild. Yeah, just it, it was another very fun, delightful year. Yeah. And I look more. Alrighty. Happy New Year, y'all, and good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.